0: It was my end. It was my. I knew it was. I knew it was your end.
1: I have to press Uh, the connect audio button, apparently. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm actually, so I'm actually here in a bar. It looks like it's not a bar. This is a fancy, uh, a fancy, uh, coffee place. Okay. And I, I, I went and I got a, I got a quad espresso on ice. That's and four more,
1: espressos on ice, right? Four?
0: That's right, it's four espressos, right? Okay. On ice. And, uh, and they're making me a, a croissant with, Butter. Right. So i'm Better go outside for this. Okay. So hello every, are we recording? Is this like oh, oh Yeah, yeah i've hi, been hi,
1: recording hi. for hours now
0: lordy lordy hello everybody i didn't want to do that in there because you know everyone there has to be kind of cool and understated you know
1: right it's a hipster and, coffee shop and you you not not uh, effusive about anything. No, I mean, I'm of a little everything needs to be you know sucky <laughs> so, uh, so I thought it was high time That we uh, got together And maybe talked about the show Since we haven't We've, we've had high some time. very nice time off um, But you know How long has it been though? How long has it been? I don't know A few weeks was, A month We should have
0: listened to the last show So we could like Pick up where we left off Pe-
1: of People are clamoring for us to return Yes clamoring.
2: they are <laughs> yeah. I haven't well, What have you been doing?
1: Time. Uh where have you been? I've been I've been around. I've been doing yeah. mostly st- you know the, you know how it is the end of the school year all the stuff that goes on, you know.
0: Hey, should I be holding this sideways if you're going to be sideways or no, uh, it doesn't matter. I Oh, I appear, thank you so much.
1: I appear vertical in my own screen.
0: Like this. All right. Oh, I got my my croissant.
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. Maybe you should be, be- because I need to incorporate these into some kind of thing. All right, either. here
0: we go. All right, All right. Let's, let's start it off. Welcome okay. to Recovery in the Middle Ages, the <laughs> podcast about two middle-aged suburban dads in their pursuit of life, love, and recovery. I'm Nat X. And I'm still Mike R. And yes. boy, do we have a show for you. Today on <laughs> RMA, the boys return to the airwaves. Is it airwaves anymore? As Nat walks around Huntington, trying to think of something to say and catch up with the Munsters. And our good friend Mike R. is back in the studio at Castle Grayskull, ready to get things popping. All this and more today on a very special edition of RMA. See,
1: now you're going to give the people the impression that they're going to get a whole show. When really this is just you and me on a Saturday morning fucking around because, yes, I know. I, I miss
2: saying it.
1: And uh, I, I was, sometimes I, I just
0: say it walking around in my house. I'll just do the intro.
1: <laughs> I bet the wife it. and the kids uh, appreciate that. I was going to, um, I was really thinking we could do, we could pull one out of the hat last week. And then I realized yeah. that you're totally right. There's no way that could be done. Oh, look, it, we're hitting all the old greatest hits. Nat eating on the microphone. I mean, this is, this is like a return to form, <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, uh, remember, it's never enough mouth noises. Never. never. So, so um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, with you back to work like full time and me going uh, to Jersey a few days a week now, all of a sudden, I, I miss the days where, where I could just wander down to the store, come in, you were watching like TV, and yeah. I, I was done with my light lifting for work, and we could just, you know, brainstorm and pump out a show. But now, like even to sit, to plan this took like a bunch of email, like uh, text messages, and, and yeah. really, it's really uh, crazy. But um, but you know, I feel I feel like we have to make some time for this show because uh, I, I, I do miss I miss the the witty repartee. I miss uh, <laughs> engaging with the the, the fans. Um, yeah, you know. Well, we've
0: still been doing that a little bit. We have. I've, I've been, been trying to stay in touch. Yeah, because. Every week you have a show, and then there's something to discuss. You know, right? Uh, right. Some movie we watched, or something about recovery. And yeah, I, I mean, I miss it. And uh, I don't. In some ways, as, as bad as business was for me, right? I didn't know how good I had it because basically, all the time where I wasn't making money, I was spending it on the show. You know? Yes, but, right. Like literally, if you think of life in billable hours, like how many billable hours have you spent? you know as far as in billable hours, we mean like lawyers charge per hour, right right <laughs> uh consultants yeah. may charge per hour, but um so all that time that we had to do the show was uh it was a blessing, and it was like I loved it, and I thought to myself, man, if I could just do this for a living, you know um. And it's just, uh, it's not in the cards. And to put it in perspective for the listeners, I do a lot of work for Dopey as like a producer. I told Dave, I'm going to call myself Dopey producer. Nat actually kind of laughed at me, but, um, but I'm getting to see the evolution of Dopey turning into it. uh, Just between you, me and the wall, he's going full time soon. I think that's kind of the secret, but everybody (laughs) knows he wants to anyway. But this is happening. It's going to happen.
1: Just announced it to our, our audience as well.
2: So. <laughs>
0: so just to uh put it in perspective dave only just like very recently has gotten himself to a place where he can do that You're right and he has i think literally almost literally 10 times the audience we have yeah and it's taken him six years to get there so you know you think of where we're at and um the idea that this could be a full-time thing is, it's, it's really um well, it's ludicrous. a fantasy yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> But I would love it. I mean, it would really, sorry, there you go. It would really be a, a dream, you know. I would love to do that. It's my favorite thing to do.
1: Hey, do you have a stand for that phone? Like, you could just prop it somewhere? Or do you have to not, hold it? Not with me. I mean, okay. All right. Um, now, if, my, phone's got a little, my, my phone's got a little stand on the back. See? It's my, oh. You just do that. You don't have one of those? No? no. Oh,
0: I can maybe buy one. I'm in Huntington. They have everything. Uh, okay. Sort of.
1: So um, I thought we should probably get together and talk about what we think the show is going to look like going forward, because there's been a few things put out on the table, Um, you know, every other week, seasons, both of those things, Um, you know, and I've I found that there are certain times of the year where it's much more difficult to um, sort of get shit done. Like, like, for example, like the six weeks before the end of the school year, you know, there's like... um, Concerts and graduations, and all this other stuff, you know, confirmations, and whatever. Scout stuff is going crazy. Uh, so, like, I don't see that changing next year. You know what I mean? Um, no. I think it's going to be that way until the kids are, you know, self. Hello? Hmm. Lost your video.
2: Yeah, hold on. What?
0: I'm coming. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I just can't see you. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. There we go. Sorry.
1: I'm back. All right. Maybe maybe a quad. <laughs> maybe a quad was too many espressos.
0: Or not <laughs> enough, depending on how you look yeah, at it. Yeah. yeah. So if if you're saying what I think you're saying, that we would be on for like three or four months and then take like, um, and that would be like the season. Right?
1: <laughs> well, you need to take like a six six weeks off or so at the end of the school year, I think just like for sanity, but maybe not because, you know, there are like spaces in there where you could work something in, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, we could do one of those things where they, you bank a bunch of shows.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's and, the other thing I was, yeah, that's another good idea.
0: But, um, but you know, I don't I, like that.
1: that's hard though, because, uh, you know, to sit and do what we do, and to pretend it's a new show. Yeah, maybe you better, yeah. maybe we bank interviews. Maybe that's the thing to do.
0: Well, because yeah, and that's kind of what Dopey does is he's got like six in the can and then but he still records a fresh opening right. and rap.
1: You yeah. know, because yeah. yeah. the life
0: update stuff.
1: It's, it but here's the thing though. Like it's hard to schedule interviews the same way it's hard to schedule time for the show, right? Because yeah. it's the same amount of time you know so what are the odds you're going to be able to get three or four people on the same day you know that have the same amount of time available we could try um well i
0: like the idea of the of the interviews like the salivates and just bank those interviews and then maybe we could do these you know the cold open like each week over zoom or something
1: yeah part of me thinks like That since you and I have different availabilities during the week, like maybe on some of these interviews, like you do the interview and I'll do a different interview, and then we do the, you know, opening. Oh yeah. I mean, I I really don't like that idea on some level, but on another level, I think it might. I'll tell you what more regularity Um, with the
0: show, you know. One of my uh, favorite podcasts that are professional—they have like a billion listeners. Astonishing! No, no, not astonishing legends. Uh Mysterious Universe does that. It's mm-hmm. the Australian pair. Right. And they will occasionally, it'll be one or the other, will do the you know, they play the interview and then they come back and talk about it. Um so it's it's definitely been done and it, it seems to work.
1: So maybe what we could do is, you know, try and arrange interviews. Um and then offer the time to the other person. And if they can't make it, then just do it solo. I mean I yeah. I don't know how else to because, I don't know, I've been working on this guy, the host of the Grateful Dead pod, uh, who's willing to come on, and his schedule is all crazy. And then I got some guy in New Zealand whose schedule is completely off. And right. yeah, they're all willing to do it. They're just waiting for us. And the problem with oh. us is, like, we, we don't even do the show <laughs> right now. Wow. So it's kind of hard to give them, like, uh, yeah, call in next Thursday at 6 o'clock or whatever. But um, mm. I don't know. So maybe
0: you can interview them. And then, you know, sometimes um, I've heard this before, like, if you do the interview, uh, and then I'll listen to it before we record. And then when we open and and wrap the interview, I've already listened to it. And then I can comment on it. And you kind of do it that way.
1: Yeah, we could. And yeah, I don't know, we got we're gonna have to try it or try something like that. Because we got to get content out. I mean,
0: the other thing i was thinking that may be unrealistic uh is if you and i like once a month we were able to get like a block of time let's say on a saturday or a sunday maybe four hours where i just go to castle Gold studios mm-hmm. and we sit in there like a writing room and for the first hour we just write we figure out what we're gonna do you know the whole thing like war room and then for the next three hours, we bang out like three one-hour shows based yeah. on what we do.
1: I like that know? idea.
0: And, and then we have like the next three, maybe or three, three or four shows, uh, and do the life update stuff. We can, uh, you know, because it'll obviously be different each week, and that's one part of the show that I love is just telling people about my boring life. You know, because I feel like our lives are so mundane. That people can really relate to it you right. know what i mean nice. like everybody can relate to wandering around you know one of these towns while your child is in a lesson of some kind
1: right i mean I our, our lives seem mundane to us but curiously enough they appear to be interesting to other people which
0: is, i feel like it's because people see my, themselves, w- my wife is amused by yeah. that to no end you know <laughs> <laughs> well it's like when you watch these shows about celebrities or interviews and they explaining to you, you know, they go to this island and they hop in their helicopter, and it's it's fascinating, right. but it doesn't resonate. They're, no one can relate to that. Right. But right. They, these boring lives that we have, <laughs> everybody's got a boring life like we have. We're just talking about it, <laughs> so, yes. you know, and yeah. And it's different. It.
1: It's different from their boring lives, and I guess that's right. What, uh, that's what people yeah, find they, interesting. You
0: know? It's about commiseration. It's about, you know, oh, me too, but I didn't do that. Or I hit my kid. They don't hit their kids. That's weird. Yeah. Um, that, that sort of thing. Say,
1: are you anywhere near the, uh, the CBD store?
0: Uh, I think. I have to go back this way. You want me to see if it's open? I have a theory that it got shut down because a couple of weeks in a row I went there and there was like it was closed and locked. And there were signs up, and then all of a sudden they were only taking cash and Venmo. Yeah, right. You know, because when I first went there, it was critical. It was like a normal shop, you know? And the right. next time I went, it was like, oh, sorry, only cash or Venmo. Yeah. And then the next time it was closed, and then I saw an article about uh, a marijuana ring getting shut down. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder well, if that, that's now.
1: That. That's a little recovery in the news right there because. Um, yeah. The uh, an article came out in the local patch uh, website a few days ago that they had done raids of these CBD slash bong stores in yeah. Sayanet and a bunch of other towns, and um, they actually arrested a whole bunch of people for selling THC uh, without a license. So um, they were not specific as to whether it was delta eight or not. And I did ask my son, who said it was both. So I guess he's been following the news in that regard, but.
0: Yes. Um, do you know this town? I feel like... I'm I do. I do. All right, I don't know where you are, though. Here, I'll show you. I think it's a street over. Um, I'm right by this. You know, value drugs. Here's the uh, municipal, muni- municipal parking.
1: Oh, yeah. You know where the Paramount is from where you're standing? Yes. Go to the Paramount. All right. And then I can direct you from there
0: i'm so bad with directions um and if you guys have heard me talk about it before i am one of those you know some people that know where they are they're like birds with the magnetic thing in their brain that shows them where true north is yeah so i'm the opposite you're whatever the bad. opposite yeah you're not no bad. i uh, i'm the opposite um this is a cute little town though let me tell you when i was a kid uh oh i'm gonna cut through here look look where i'm cutting through Oh, going through the alley, through the the dark alley. Nope, nobody's sleeping in
2: there. Anybody selling
1: drugs in there? No? (laughs) Anybody got drugs? (laughs) Any drugs? Nope. What does that sign say? On the other side, what does that say? There's all these cool little things. Oh, murals. Don't let them tell you what to wear. You know what? I agree with that 100%.
0: Hey. She
2: said,
0: okay. She said, don't go anywhere, Tara. You have to change. Yes, honey. I mean, so here I go. Ooh, wait, this is pretty ominous. Look, done.
1: For those of you listening on the uh, stream, Nat is walking through an alley in the town, in the very dangerous town of Huntington, <laughs> Long Island.
0: Yes, hippies and hipsters may jump out, attack me, and try and sell me like craft beer or. Um, mm-hmm. Pickles, you know, pickles are a big <laughs> thing with these hips. Yes. Um, okay, I think I made it. All right, make a right. All right, and we're going to continue. This-
1: Keep uh, walking. No free hey, advertising.
0: This, we're going uh, to put this out on the Patreon for video, I, I think.
1: I want to put the audio out and drop it in the stream.
0: Yeah, let's see. I mean, Why everybody, not? this is an update. We're discussing the future of the show. Um, it turns out we had a lot more listeners than I imagined, and really? uh, we're hearing it <laughs> where, we're, I'm hearing where, about it Where are they hiding' they're, they're, well, how are they listening without downloading the show? Well they are you know what's are happening they? is we're, we're getting people because people find your show every day as for the first time and we have 84 or five shows so we, I've got some people writing in. Oh, I'm up to episode 60, and yeah, are see, you guys really that. not on the air? And, and I, we got, like, four or five reviews. Maybe you can read a review really? for the show. Wow. Yes, there's, like, there's four new written reviews.
1: Are you kidding? I'm going to have to find that.
0: Yeah, check them out. Um, oh, cool, Sunday Donuts.
1: Yeah, Let that place is the ball. And uh, this place is opening
0: up in our – it is the ball. This place is opening up. In our town too. Did you know that? What place? The oh, know Place. That? really? I yep. heard about I heard that was a rumor. Oh cool. Check this out. And there's like paintings on the walls and there's a beautiful like restaurant, you know, between two buildings. It looks very European here. Oh wow. Look I at love this. On the
1: Look at all these reviews. This is really Yeah, funny.
0: man. Wanna read, read one? one? Yeah, just, oh,
1: should I read one?
0: Just read one because we'll <laughs> save the rest.
1: Okay. This is from IA to ca girl I mm-hmm. I I-A-2-C-A-Girl. Uh, California Girl? I don't know. Um, I am hooked on this show. I'm a 50-year-old woman. who nice. al- Yes. Who's been alcohol-free for almost two years, and I'm so glad I stumbled onto this podcast. I usually prefer podcasts with shorter episodes, <laughs> but the banter between Mike and Nat has really grown on me. Like <laughs> a fungus. Is this my wife? Uh, anyone wanting to change their relationship with a substance would benefit from this. But true to the name, those who are middle aged like me will get a real kick out of it. I usually listen to the episodes while I'm out for a walk and often catch myself laughing out loud or smiling, smiling nostalgically when they reference things from the 80s. There is such a genu- <laughs> that's, yeah. There's such a genuine warmth and relatability about both of them. And I love that they don't feel the need to agree with each other. Their different perspectives are really helpful in thinking about the different topics they discuss each week. I follow a number of different resources about recovery slash sobriety. And this has become my favorite, my favorite due to the awesome way they combine the latest evidence and science with individual human stories. Very grateful for their dedication to this community and the great shows they put on. Thank you, IA2CatGirl. Girl. That is awesome. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea that people were still listening. I haven't looked at our download statistics in since we stopped making new episodes. Very interesting.
0: Well, thank you so much for that. And yes, uh, Mike and I do have an adversarial relationship of a, of yeah. a sort. We actually meet uh, each other. We do, <laughs> I, and you know, he's an attorney. I was raised by attorneys, and when mm-hmm. we used to sit down at the dinner table each night, is this a daddy thing for you? What? Oh, you being my daddy? Yeah. Yes, yes. You're a surrogate father <laughs> and I'm your surrogate um, nephew who needs to be bailed out of jail and doesn't want to call his parents. <laughs> um, and so I'm used to these kinds of, you know, we always would disagree as a matter of sport at the table. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Oh, and Stop, it stop, anxious? stop.
1: Go back. You're We'd right start. in front of it. Wait, you're right in front right. of it. Look at this. Are you sure when you first walked up to this thing that you couldn't tell that the thing that they did in there mostly was sell weed?
0: <laughs> I, I didn't. This is, I'll I'll tell did you what. not notice what, that? This is what I saw. I walked up, I saw the um, red cross. Which the green the cross.
1: Window. Oh, that is explains it. it. That oh, explains I'm a colorblind. lot because you got the colorblind thing. Okay. It's actually a green cross, which is the universal symbol for for uh,
0: i thought it was the red cross for like cbd because that's what they do or maybe it's always been green it's always green um, so. <laughs> i'm just gonna you want me to go in
1: here uh will they let you in while you're
0: recording i don't know is it open yeah it's open hello um i'm just on the phone i'm sorry is that all right yeah great yeah um just the my the kombucha about the
1: kombucha's in the background i can see it in that very small
0: corner Look, this is what I had seen—the kombucha. Yeah, that's great. So they have a tap with kombucha, yeah. and they have all of these. You know, you what you do is you buy one of these bottles, and then they fill it up. Oh, cool!
1: And uh, and will they? It's put all kinds of- Will they put weed in it?
0: <laughs> uh, they don't. I bet put
1: they weed do. It, no. I bet they no. do. <laughs> Look at the whole place is a giant fucking pot leaf, and you didn't yeah, notice looks- this was a dispensary. I, I am flabbergasted.
0: I- it's not a dispensary. They sell kombucha. Okay. And
2: CBD uh, and Delta Eight dispensary. So we do have THC
0: products. Um, uh, like tell we my friend. We do have THC. I, he doesn't product. believe me. <laughs> um, yeah,
2: no, we are a Delta Eight and CBD dispensary. So we have all different kinds of THC products in the fridge. We have three hundred milligram traphinoids. What have THC flower? All the top row. Wait, what oh, do wow. you mean
0: THC flower? Like it it has THC it's not? It's it. like so Delta, Delta you Nine.
2: Know, it's Delta Eight. but okay. Delta Eight just needs indica size plants. And I mean the whole plant. Delta 10 is a sativa. It's a. All- huh. Interesting. Everything is about
0: potency. See, I was telling my buddy, like I swear this was just a kombucha bar, because he's <laughs> accusing me. <laughs> he was accusing me. Of, what did you get today? Huh?
2: No, I just got some. More. Yeah. some yeah. Res- <laughs> <laughs>
0: the good stuff. My friend doesn't believe me. I said this is. No, a- I believe a you. I bar. believe you. It's. Say that. Oh, okay. Uh, is that like for dabbing or something? Yeah, nice. Yeah. All right, you guys are having fun. All right. All right. Wow, who I didn't even. Ooh, <laughs> you can to have a good time. <laughs> have a good one, man. All right. So here is the um the What's is that- a
2: trapinade? It's an infused Gatorade. Yeah. That's three hundred milligrams of THC Three
1: hundred milligrams of THC inside the Gatorade?
0: That uh, that's a rehabilitation. In the Gatorade, man, I like that. A
2: bottle, of THC. It and it's
0: called trapanade? Oh like Gatorade, but with tr- yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, like uh <laughs> wow. wow. I mean I thought the kombucha was great. I had no idea this was actually a dispenser. But so my friend's accusing me of um of going uh going off off the walls with these uh T H E things. I but what I saw when I came here was all of these skateboards. They had right. skateboards. I wasn't looking at the marijuana. Um you know, it's like uh it's like a headshot. But actually yeah, yeah. nice. They, yeah, those they are cool skateboards.
1: skateboards. Yep, yep.
0: And then they have all kinds of CBD infused stuff. Yeah, I, bought
1: some, I bought some cream there for my uh, shoulder yeah. when I was there.
2: Edibles, anything across the board,
0: kind of. All right. Well, since I'm going to pretend like I'm not shopping here, I'm going to come back after the phone call. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys Maybe. take cash only still or did you get uh, the cardboard? No.
2: Got Do have cash up Venmo, and cell to kind of like make up for it, like ah. on the side, like if you have a phone, hopefully. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like all that. So we are working on getting the new systems. They're coming in soon. They should be here in like the next couple of weeks. We're waiting on the all all them. All right. Then we're just waiting to get them. This is cool. We're gonna
0: have to come back uh, when yeah. nobody is looking.
1: I actually want all right, to. right. I'll see can- you in a bit. Can you pick me up <laughs> some kombucha? Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe I will. All right. Yeah, I'll come back for it. So we don't. Uh, okay. I'll be yeah. back. Thank you. So, uh, wow. So I guess I was wrong. You were right.
1: Matt visits the pot store. That's. (laughs) Uh,
0: I mean, I guess I'm not so against it. I don't really want to do it though, but I I, feel like, yeah, no, neither do I. I
1: really have no opinion (laughs) about it, but, uh, that guy, I mean, when you're buying like little dabs and waxes, I mean, that's some serious dedication to, to getting high,
0: Yo, how great was it that I got to go in there? Do you think I was dishonest though, and I told her I was just on the phone? I, mean, I am on the phone with my friend. You're on the phone with your friend. That's all. And it, but meanwhile, I'm acting like an announcer and
1: like, yeah. like and right here we have. Well, it didn't seem to bother her any. You know. Yeah, she was smiling, but and yeah. she was not stoned. You accused them of being stoned. By. I'm sure she's stoned. They're probably they're really? all stoned
0: all the time. I
1: don't, <laughs> I don't know if she's stoned. She may not be. Look,
0: listen to me casting aspersions. I don't know yes. anything about. Cast not thy aspersions on me. Right. That's it, guys. That's finally, finally, you got to, you know, if you're on Patreon, you got to get a look at the, uh, at the kombucha. I'm going to continue to call it a kombucha bar, and um, I will not buy marijuana there.
1: I just, um, I hope we don't send anybody down the road to relapse by our little tour of the.
0: No, like okay. Well, let's approach this like in a serious way. Okay, somebody really? like me, okay. yeah, let's do it. Let's be All serious right. for a moment. Um, it's not a liquor store. That's one. Right. But two, so for me, I really don't want to do that stuff. Like, for me, like it might be fine for you or for someone okay. else in Thank the recovery. You. But, uh, well, maybe you can handle it. You're a lot more mature than I am. <laughs> and maybe you're, uh, I don't know, maybe you have a better makeup to, like, handle it. But... For me, when I get a substance that really, even if it's like, I don't know, Benadryl or something, if I take too much of it, it definitely lights that fire in my brain. Mm. And my fear is, and maybe it's unfounded, but my fear is that it'll send me back into that, like I'm probably not going to call my dope guy immediately after, but what I might do is hide it from my wife, hide it from my best friend, and then I'm doing something sneaky. Right, Because right? if I started buying that stuff, I wouldn't tell you. I would be ashamed. And then it would start this cycle of shame and lying and addiction, which could then put me in a mindset where the one day I pass a liquor store, I might say,
1: huh, right. maybe doing I can the do one it. Thing, maybe I'll do the other one too. I've already, already
0: gone off the yeah. rails. So, and the reason I know that about myself now is not because I'm a genius and not because I went to some special recovery thing. It's because I've done it before and I know how it ends.
2: Um, well, and I, so that's yes. why I don't.
1: Well,
0: then that, that's a good
1: decision for you. And, and frankly, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm kind of in the same place. I'm, I'm fat. You know what it is, though? And, and I don't know why this is true, but I'm fascinated by, the, by that world, by the fact that that now this is a legal thing and there are structures. Did you see how there's happy that guy was? Stru- Yes, there are social structures yeah. being built up around this thing. And it's like a, a weird yeah. shift in the culture. That you know i 've I've, I've not seen before, and I find it fascinating, S- sort of along the same way that I find this whole push towards uh, psychedelic treatment for addiction to be fascinating yeah. because it's it's just like coming out of the woodwork right. and
0: starting to become a thing uh, it is I you know, kind of like the idea of it honestly. I have a few different thoughts on it, but what do you think of it about what what about the what about the children like our are, are children growing think up of in the a children time where- won't someone think of? Aren't we now going to have our kids becoming teenagers in a time where these things are acceptable? Like when we were growing up, marijuana was taboo completely. You know, cannabis, no such. You know, it was taboo just like anything else. Yes, but these days, it's like uh, the kids will be in a world like. And I'm just wondering. I don't really care, but I, I wonder what that, what kind of effect that has on their outlook.
1: Um. I don't know. I mean, my personal feeling is, if they're growing up in a world where legal cannabis is a safe thing, uh, you know, then I'm I'm more okay with that than with society's overwhelming embrace of alcohol, which kills hundred thousand people a year without blinking an eye, and you know, nobody seems to have spilkes about that. Um, you know,
0: on this Michigan.
1: Spelkes, Michigan. Michigan. You go up on Long Island, you, you pick up, you know, a little bit of Yiddish. It's just the way it goes. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I mean, you know, but one thing I found really interesting, though, with with legalization of of uh, cannabis, I was at work yesterday in New Jersey, and um, there's a woman that I work with there who, you know, she's probably in her mid mid thirties, maybe, yeah, right about right about there there, and she came up to me yesterday and we were just sitting around talking and I, you know, I happened to mention to her, I'm like, yeah, I quit drinking like three years ago. And you know, she's like, not even wine. And I'm like, no, no. And this is a pr- surprise her because it was a work colleague that I used to, you know, throw back a few with and stuff. But anyway, like, we just started talking about weed organically. Cause she's like, pulled out her phone. She's like, Hey, do you want to see my, my pot plants? And I was like, <laughs> uh, sure. And because like, it's now legal in New Jersey, she is just growing like six plants in her house. And she showed me the plants and talked about how her and her husband, like they go out on their boat and they, you know, they vape um, THC because they don't want to drive the boat drunk, <laughs> you know, right. no judgments here, but um, they're probably driving the boat really slow uh, if they're vaping THC, but uh, it just, the conversation was so normal you know in a way that you would almost talk the the way you would talk to somebody about like having um you know a different kind of wine that you discovered or something you know so Mm -hmm. so i think like the the whole idea that we're holding in our heads about uh cannabis being like this scary thing uh that back in the 80s nancy reagan told us we would you know turn into like uh you know homicidal maniacs uh if we didn't just say no i think that's kind of going away And um, while at the same time, there's an extreme social uh, stigma attached to the use of opiates because fentanyl is killing so many people. The the thing that all that gets up in my head and then I'm like, why is why are we still like indulging the alcohol thing? You know, if if we're really down on the fentanyl, which is killing the same number of people as alcohol is killing every year, why aren't we uh, attacking the alcohol the same way? So to yeah, me, that's was, the real question. It's not like, you know, permissive attitudes towards cannabis. I mean, whatever. People have been, kids have been smoking pot in this country since the 60s.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it, uh, it's a good point, right? Like, I think I heard Joe Schrank when he, he was advocating for safe consumption sites for, uh, for drugs, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, needle exchange or a safe place to use needle for heroin. Uh, there's been talk about this for harm reduction, safe consumption sites. Right. And the point that I thought was great was uh, to, to vote for safe consumption sites is look at what we have for alcohol. We have safe consumption sites all over the world, and mm-hmm. they're called bars. Right. There's your safe consumption site. So it's a model that's being used for another drug, alcohol. But uh, so why would it not be uh, similarly okay? Let's say for heroin or you know uh, marijuana. Yeah, I mean,
1: right? But I mean the, the the I you know I I agree that any most harm reduction um, methods are are perfectly legitimate and should should be used because anything that cuts down on the loss of life is a positive thing, um, whether or not like that sort of permissive attitude leads towards a more social acceptance of heroin use or opiate use is something that I'm not really sure how that factors in. Because if, I don't know if you've seen these uh, posters that have gone up in the New York City subway system like last few weeks. They basically say, I haven't been, um, yeah. you know, um, it's like sort of like a guide to how to use opiates safely. Uh, really? Yeah. And and wow. You know, I, I wonder, you know, you talk about the kids like and and wondering about the permissive attitude towards cannabis use. Like, what do they think when they're coming home from school on the subway and they see like a poster basically with a, a blueprint of how to successfully use opiates without killing yourself? I mean,
0: well, so somebody I, might know? say it's somebody may say that it's better than learning it from the guy they bought it from on, you know, in Washington Square Park. Right. Well,
1: but does it increase the the number of people that would be prone to use it if there's sort of a how-to guide endorsed by the New York City Department of Health.
0: Well, a, you know, I mean, maybe you could look back at prohibition if we have any kind of statistics from when alcohol is illegal. You we know. do.
1: And the statistics so what, show that use yeah. use went down and yeah. uh, alcohol-related um, liver disease went down by like 60%. So, well, so
0: based on that, then... We should close bars. We should not have safe consumption sites. And maybe the idea is maybe we're being too liberal on this issue. Maybe we should be more of a crackdown. You know, like uh, Duterte. What is he, Venezuela, where he's just murdering drug dealers? Like maybe that's the ticket. What do you think?
1: Well, uh, you know, I I look at it in terms of like what would what would create less like for example, what would create less car accidents? Because there is this argument that that. You put a safety feature in a car like a a lap belt, right, or a a shoulder belt that goes across the shoulder, right? Once that became mandatory in cars, they took a look at the statistics to see if it had reduced the number of injuries that occurred in car accidents. And what they found was it had not at all because people drove more dangerously because they (laughs) had that safety thing. So somebody posited, and I I read this a couple of weeks ago, posited that the best way to reduce car accidents would be to put a sharp spike in the middle of a steering wheel faced directly at the driver's heart. And (laughs) because I guarantee you there'd be, you would probably reduce rear end collisions to almost zero within a couple of weeks.
0: What do you think about that? (laughs) I think there's still going to be like, I'm trying to think back to when I was, I had every thing against me to drink i had like i was being tested every other day i had a blower in my car to start the car and if it if i blew hot on it i would be arrested and that didn't stop me i still found a way mm-hmm. to drink but and you um, it stopped
1: other people like some people who maybe weren't in maybe, the same spot as you maybe maybe so probably i mean i think i, I think i mean Honestly, the the, the real answer as far as I'm concerned to like addiction and uh, stuff like like, um, you know, uh, drug use is you have to ameliorate the conditions that cause people to want to use in the first place. But that's a difficult thing. Society doesn't want to do that. That's why Evan Haynes book and his proposal will never will never launch because, you know, we can't even agree to keep guns out of the hands of of people that shoot up schools. So how are we ever going to agree on universal health care or something?
0: Well, um, I've heard a theory that we should just let Texas secede from the union and, uh, and sort of divide the country.
1: Hey, right about here, our Zoom audio kicked us out because it was uh, 40 minutes long and I'm a cheapskate and I don't have super Zoom. So uh, we're going to take a little break and we'll be right back with more chit chat after these words. Now it's recording. Sorry, uh, so, I, we hit our 40-minute limit there, so I had to restart. Go ahead.
0: i was just talking saying. about, um, you know, certain people saying, you know, based on the disagreements we have politically throughout the country that, you know, it'd be best to let the states kind of secede from the unions, have their own country, you know, liberal versus <laughs> uh, a conservative, you know, and that, that the divide is so great. I don't buy that. Um, I think that's maybe just a but uh the point remains you know we're so divided on and so many of these you know what i think of as red herring issues you know things that don't really affect their day-to-day lives uh, that people get up in arms about but you know uh up in arms i mean that's a great point i think that does make a difference yeah look what we just had in the news this week you know right, um, right now i'm just disagreeing with myself that's what i do <laughs> um, because that's how i think through things you know it's like well Actually, um, you know this gun control thing is, is nuts um, you know even abortion comes up and that makes people nuts religion in schools makes people nuts what else' uh, speak more people up like English as the main language remember that one right all Make English still, the official language right. well all of these are still
1: topical discussions that are being had in the country right. um, you know
0: so that extends to Uh, drug use and alcohol and and all of that. And so what do we do? I think we need to learn how to be grown-ups and have civil disagreements, like you and I do occasionally, and find a middle road. Find the middle way through. And I don't believe, as Rush Limbaugh used to say that if you stand in the middle of the road, you're just going to get run over. You know? He would Mm -hmm. say, get over to one side.
2: I don't buy that. I don't buy that.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. I, um... (laughs) I don't know. Uh I mean, you have all these jurisdictions trying different things. You have a, a city like Portland, Oregon trying or the state of Oregon trying the total legalization, you know, just let it all hang out model. And then you have, you know, other other parts of the country where, you know, they have taken a more punitive attitude towards uh, drug use and you have you have the those um municipalities that are trying to pass jail time for kids who get caught with weed, even though it's legal for adults. Like, so it's all over the gap. It's all over the road, man. And, and it seems as though like, um, research and science, uh, is only accepted when it agrees with your preexisting moral point of view when it comes to addiction. And I think that's a problem. Right. I mean,
0: yeah, people are looking for something to validate their own opinions. Yeah, it's a a confirmation
1: bias. You know, there's there's very little like, I mean, shouldn't we be looking at this stuff objectively? But I Um, I think we've lost the ability to do that in this country.
0: Most people I noticed, just like you said, when they hear a fact or, or an anecdotal evidence of something that contradicts their point, it makes them angry or it makes them, you know, defend their point even more. For me, I love it. Like if I'm saying something to you and then you hit me with like a fact or, or an article or an idea, I love to be wrong. That's my favorite because I'm learning. something. I love hmm. to learn things. So, but I don't think most people are going along with that. They want to be right. And I always say, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be happy? You know, um, you know, is it so important that you're right at any cost? You know, um, do you want to be right or do you want the truth? Right?
1: Yeah. I mean, there are some things that are just objectively right, though.
0: <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. You want to name one? Let's see. You. Try me. What's objectively right? The sky is blue? Well, not necessarily, because this color blue is actually a reflection of the ocean and the atmosphere of something like that.
1: You should love your neighbor as you love yourself.
0: What are you, a Christian?
1: (laughs) I'm a humanist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, but that could be debated. You know, survival of the fittest. Treat others like you
1: want to be treated. How about that one?
0: What if the person is the same
1: thing, basically?
0: Even if you hate that person, that would be a Christian thing.
1: Well, I mean, I think it's a human survival thing. I don't know. I think if you start with the golden rule as sort of like your your moral framework, then, you know, whatever flows yeah. from that can't help but
0: being a, a net positive yeah. for society, right? And but, that's a popular uh, belief in overall religions. Yeah, Most the religion. Yeah. Buddhists,
1: the Hindus, everybody has it. Yeah.
0: You know, because you know, we're all one, we're all part of the same, you know, divine energy. And, you know, what you do to someone else, you're doing to yourself and you want to, you, know,
2: you know, be that way.
1: And the flip side of that, of course, is that, you know, that was, you know a, a deeply entrenched uh, Christian idea because Jesus said it in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, and yet we still had managed to have slavery for the next 2,000 years. So, you know,
0: yeah, well, people take things and twist them to their ends, you know, right? And, uh, so, I guess
1: we're not going to solve the drug problem this morning. No, uh, and we
0: always do this anytime we do a little Zoom thing, we try and ta- tackle the most difficult. You know, like the unified field theory of addiction recovery, which I've since given up on. But yeah, um, this is what happens when I don't have an outline and a topic. That's the other thing. I haven't had time to like sit down with my outline and really think the show through. And, and so I you like, get this stream of consciousness. Yeah,
1: but I like the freewheeling hippie shit sometimes. It leads to interesting places. So um, so I've been sort of speaking of, of that. I've been sort of really immersed in the um, the world of psychedelia lately. Um, I listened to this audio book called heads by this fellow named Jesse Jarno, and it sort of traced the history of LSD and psychedelics from, you know, the late fifties up through the present day, uh, and kind of how it, you know, took a step into, um, the therapeutic realm and that sort of thing. And, and, uh, and then I corresponded with, with him. I listened to the book on, um, on audible. And I I sent him an email and he sent me back a link to a podcast by uh, New York magazine that sort of pokes away at the dark underbelly of uh, psychedelic therapy and how it's Mm. kind of been misused by a lot of um, crazy narcissistic therapists who end up sleeping with all of their patients while they're high on LSD. Um, I'm kind of in the middle of listening to that now. So I, I, I'm, I'm speaking of grand unifying theories. I'm trying to, trying to get this, this idea of the proper use of psychedelics and therapy, like into my head. Mm-hmm. So um so I mean Jesse has agreed to come on the show to talk about that topic. So I'm kind of That's excited really interesting. To, to get him in. Uh I'm fascinated he, by that stuff. He is also, by the way, for you deadheads out there, he's the host of the current uh Grateful Dead podcast. So uh if you like listening to Jesse, uh, I'm very excited to to get to speak with him and get him on the show. Um
2: yeah, that'd
1: so be great. Yeah, and that's kind of where I've, my head's been the last you know, few weeks. But, well,
0: uh, um, psychedelics, this is something I don't talk about often on the show. Um, everybody knows I struggled with alcohol. Everybody knows I struggled with opiates and heroin and just about cocaine and, and uppers, right? Downers. What I don't talk about much is when I was in high school, I was, in a, when I think back on it, I really had a problem with psychedelics i used them on a regular basis and it got to a point it was acid and mushrooms where i loved to escape to that world mm-hmm. and it got to a point where and when i think back i haven't thought about this in a while but i would because i was in boarding school and so saturdays sundays you'd be kind of on your own it was boring you weren't allowed to have tvs or anything yeah. and uh when friday came up I was hunting for the acid like my life depended on it and I like needed it. I needed it and I would finally take that hit and I would be so relieved. Hmm. And, um, and I really lived in that world for about three years in high school where I was, for all intents and purposes, addicted to, the, to tripping. Hmm. And so I worry now I'm so far removed from it, it's been so long what happens when I do try that psilocybin treatment that you see on Facebook? I get that taste. It brings me back to that universe. So you guys, if you've ever tripped, it's like uh, flipping a switch and you're in sort of like a parallel universe. It's really hard to explain. But as soon as I flip that switch and I change my vibration or whatever you want to say, like, uh, I'm afraid that I'll be back there in the upside down. And, uh, And it'll either freak me out or I'll love it.
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, there's probably a big difference between 17-year-old Nat and 40-something-year-old Nat in terms of your brain development and the I way you hope re- so. your body would and brain would respond to something.
0: I've like done that. a lot of damage since then, let me
2: tell you.
1: But I mean, I guess the question ultimately is whether that sort of modality as a treatment, you know, is something that you even need or or, or you know, because you know, there's there's you can do a short any the studies that they have done on this on m d m a and psilocybin um actually in this podcast I'm listening to they interviewed a couple of people who were involved in the in the clinical trials who who told very different stories uh from the rosy picture that was painted by the researchers in the aftermath of the clinical trials because you hear these statistics they say eighty six percent of people had their p s d yeah. completely you know and these people are like not so fast um yeah you know, it, it, things got better and then they got weird and sometimes they got worse. And so uh, I think you got to take all that stuff with a grain of salt. But I guess for me, like I'm interested in, you know, my, my personal, I guess, focus on uh, addiction is is it's all like grounded in, in trauma. I become like a, a Gabor Mate sort of uh, acolyte in that sense. Uh, mm. Or, or um, people start using substances to reduce their anxiety and their depression, and then they get Addicted uh, because it becomes a, a pattern and so forth. But anyway, so the fact that psychedelics have, have been shown in these clinical trials to significantly help people deal with trauma seems great to me. Um, mm. But I would question like, like I don't really have, you know, I, I, I understand the nature of where my trauma came from and I, I can process it without, you know, psychedelic drugs. So for me, like, I don't see any need for that therapy.
0: But it's a shortcut to where you can get to from meditating. That's what I've been told. Do you, do by you
1: need people. to Yeah, But is a shortcut necessarily a good thing? I mean, I guess if, no. you're in, if you are incapacitated and you cannot even leave your house because of your agoraphobia, your anxiety, that might be the person that could benefit from something like that. But for just the random Joes like you and me who are just dealing with garden variety, mommy and daddy issues, you know, from our weird childhoods, you know, that didn't involve heavy abuse or, you know, physical right. social, or mental, it, you know, do we need that? Or, or are we just running the risk of opening the door back to addictive behavior patterns?
0: Uh, let me ask no. an even bigger question. Whose place is it to tell me that it's not for me? Right? Like, why is well, there a government body? That's your that? Dec- right.
2: Right? Right,
0: like, why? Why should that be the the um, the question for a governing body of any kind? Right. So that's another. That's a legal question. No, it's a libertarian you
1: know, what, question. You know, what, uh, what, Like, who what, what has right do you have to bodily autonomy?
0: Right. I want to trip and treat my daddy issues. Like, who's to say that that shouldn't just be legal and left up to us? Well, I mean,
1: you wouldn't you wouldn't do your own your own like uh, orthopedic surgery on your leg. I would think that you would want to consult with somebody that's trained. In a medical field, who could determine whether or not that's the best route forward for you?
0: All right, if you're comparing orthopedic surgery to uh, treating your PTSD, well, you know, <laughs> I, it's the point is well taken. You know, it should be regulated. I mean, I believe, I'm just do, doing a devil's advocate, but yeah, I agree. I think these things, because we've seen the, the dark side of abuse without oversight on our part. And so we're kind of just hoping to extend the protection. That we wish we had to the future people who might be uh, psychonauts, right? And maybe if we had only had uh, a more uh, safe environment to to experiment and just see how it made us feel, you know. Because I suffered from depression in high school, but it wasn't treated. Mm-hmm. I treated it myself. But what if there were a doctor, even in high school, who said, "Listen, we do a small dose of something, and then we do a treatment two times a week, and and treat it." know yeah, at the start like, maybe that's the goal right there maybe maybe that should be tried you know on people over
2: 21. i don't
1: know well of it's course like, when you were in high school there was no psychedelic research being done because it was it's a schedule one controlled substance because you know the hippies kind of took it took it all out of uh yeah. out into the world and the government freaked out when they saw how many people were like painting themselves in big colors and running naked around the country um yeah you know oh, man. but but now that, that research is gearing up again and it's it's really interesting to me to see how it goes but it, but but what you said about a safe environment you know the thing that i'm learning from uh, from this podcast that i'm listening to and i'll post a link in the show notes um, is that uh, there is no safe environment because there, you can because you can't really do this above ground or above board there's all of these therapists that have created this underground network of psychedelic therapy and but there is no like governing body. There is no, um, you know, best practices. I mean, they there is. How do they get away
0: with it? Like, how can they get away? When I see those ads, I'm like, I kind of want to try just to see how it works. You know, like right. what are the steps they take to ensure I'm not doing something to really hurt myself? Like, how could they possibly? Are they really shipping me mushrooms? Are they really going sh- like, to ship me microdose LSD? like I don't know and how so, do they do the therapy it's crazy yeah.
1: there there are there are some i mean there are it's organizations that have been around all through the through the whole time through the 80s through the 90s but some of the people involved are you know abusive and narcissists and stuff and and you know so the argument is if you need to bring this stuff more into the public domain legitimize it and then you will you know you get uh, medical institutions involved and hopefully that'll get rid of some of the creeps and some of the weirdos and narcissists who are just using psychedelic therapy to get laid you know <laughs> so um but right know. but if
0: you regulate like knives based on the one guy who takes a knife and stabs 100 people like who was it that said that do you remember that quote it was you can't you know regulate something based on what the one out of a billion people will do because it's an
1: excellent they, argument against gun control too
0: meaning wait
1: Well, should you regulate, should you regulate guns because one person goes out and kills a hundred people?
0: If it were just one person, maybe I would say yes, but it's not. I mean, it's one of the, I'm sorry, I don't want to get into
1: gun control, but you were making a larger point.
0: Larger point being what? I forgot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You
1: were talking about regulation of psycho of psychedelic therapy.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the 17 year old me jumps up and cheers when I see that, yes, finally, other people are going to know in a legitimate way what I knew all along. And the first time I took acid or, sal- or mushroom, can't remember which one. The first thing I thought was, everybody should do this once. Did you think that too? Absolutely. I still. Think I that. thought the <laughs> world would just change for the better if only my parents, my teachers, my friends, you know, if they could just see what I'm seeing from here. You know, I felt like I was on top of a mountain, and I could all of a sudden see everything. Right, I could see it all, and I wanted everyone else to feel that way and to see my perspective. I thought that was so amazing, and so life changing. You know, so maybe there's there's always that, but is that just 16 year old me? You know, like wanting well, everybody to trip.
1: Two two points about that. First would be if 17 year old Nat was taken to a psychiatrist by your parents who said and the psychiatrist said, "Hey Nat, you know what I think you need? You need to think you need some of this psilocybin therapy." You would have been like, "Fuck this. <laughs> There's yeah. no way I am letting my parents take me to some witch doctor who's going to put chemicals in my head and make me behave in a certain way." So that, that you know, if if it had been regulated and was a thing back then, you probably wouldn't have wanted anything to do with it and that may have colored your experience if you were eventually forced to have it. Right.
0: Oh, man. Well, there's a magic to getting drugs illicitly, especially when you're young, you know, you right. pass it off in history class as the guys walking out, you know, you flip him a 20, he gives you a dime bag, you hide behind the gym. Like that whole thing has its own allure, you know, taking it, you know, it's underground. You're breaking the rules. Yeah. So I don't know how you duplicate that legitimately. I don't think you can. Right? <laughs> I don't like, think you can always, either. And you May- hear people talk about that. They're addicted to the life, you know, uh, to the drug dealers. And things. Well, and you can't duplicate that in a clinical setting, I don't think.
1: I mean, I, I, and to your other point, I've seen plenty of people who took way too much LSD at Grateful Dead shows and are now like not quite with it, you know.
0: Right. So, is <laughs> so there, there is a danger damage? to like
1: to exploring the inner part of your psyche and, and instituting self imposed ego death without really having a clear path out of the forest. Right well Maybe the that- first
0: time yeah, the first time I did mushrooms, I had JJ, my deadhead roommate, lock the door on a Friday night. <laughs> the the dorm dad had gone to sleep, and he was like, Okay, man, we're gonna walk you through this. And it was great. And it was <laughs> like he put towels over the mirrors. You know, he's like, Whatever you do, don't look, don't look in the mirror, you know? And uh, <laughs> I mean sounded
1: Sound like tr-
0: true story, JJ is now a uh, he has a doctorate in literature and teaches at Drew University. His thesis paper—it uh, was all about, uh, I think, psychedelics in the in the '60s and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, look him up, J.J. Campbell.
1: So there is no, uh,
2: yeah.
1: there is life after uh, teenage yeah. LSD use. <laughs> you can still become successful in life.
0: Right. Well, what if you're already successful? You do a bunch of ass and then take a header off the top of MetLife Stadium at a dead show. Well, that guy was
1: was was very drunk, right? I mean,
0: yeah, I blame the alcohol.
1: I mean, because if you look, I mean, everybody should go out and listen to the Jesse Jarnow book Heads, because he draws the thread between the hippie psychedelic scene in the '60s and the development of the internet and how all of that was um, created by former um, acid heads, and how you know, there's a lot of people in Silicon Valley who attribute the uh, inventions of the last, you know, 30 years, uh, as really emanating from that psychedelic mindset, like Steve jobs was a big, uh, aficionado of LSD and, you know, some say, really? we have, yeah, we wouldn't have the iPhone. We wouldn't have the iPad. We wouldn't have any of that stuff if Steve. Had we
0: wouldn't
2: have a mind.
1: We wouldn't be talking to each other over zoom right now, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, I know. So maybe it's one of those things like in, in ancient times, right? The ones that would be kind of the guardians of these things were the shamans, right? Mm-hmm. That's what happens with ayahuasca. It's not like just on the street or in the jungle while you're going to hunt fish. It's like there's a ceremony. It's a rite of passage. You know, there's a keeper of that, that gate. You know, right. if you think about psychedelics, it's like a gate to knowledge inner peace inner knowledge an initiation you know, and
2: that,
0: well. yeah right and um and i think that's what people are getting into with these, uh, the popularity of ayahuasca ceremonies is it, it's filling this void in our you know shallow uh modern lives by taking us back to a time where they maybe knew something that we didn't which is that these things are important but they ought to be guarded you know, by someone who knows a shaman, someone to take you through it, a JJ, if you will.
1: <laughs> Interesting. Mm. Well, I think we're kind of coming to the end. Yeah, uh, we've been it, and we have we not. Uh, we have not come to any conclusion about the future. But you and I do have a double date next Saturday night with our wives at uh, the the Stalina Italian restaurant in town. So yes, happy, I'm very we excited. Can, uh, <laughs> we can throw down our, uh, our work on our plans over the week and, and talk about them with, at the risk of boring our, uh, significant <sighs> dinner. But
0: yeah. And you know, all you monsters out there who are sticking with us and, uh, we miss you. We love you. I miss hanging out with Mike. I miss talking about this stuff. You know, my life has become so like work, home, sleep, rinse, repeat, you know, but let it be known that this is not permanent. I am working towards a specific goal, and I'm starting to get there. And um, and Mike and I are going to come up with a way to keep this out there and to keep doing it, because I know I need it. Do you need it, Mike? I need it. I need it, too. And, um, you know, write to us. um, Come on to uh, the Patreon. We're still chatting it up on uh, Discord at patreon.com slash recovery in the Middle Ages. The Facebook group is still popping. And, um, you know, tell us what your thoughts are on some of this stream of consciousness rambling we did today. And yeah. uh, tell us how much you miss us, because that just gives me a little dopamine spike every time.
1: Yeah. And tell us, uh, tell your friends about the show and that we'll be back soon, you know, and you you'd start at the beginning. And by the time you get up to the present day, we'll be cranking on all cylinders and dropping shows like, like,
0: like rhymes, man. Well, that about does it for today, folks. I had a good time, did you?
1: I had a great time. Really did.
0: I don't remember the rest of my shtick, but tell a friend, we love you, and as we say, no proficient perfecto.
1: That's progress, not perfection. See you next time. Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs> Be good. <laughs> Bye.
0: Bye.